say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Kick the tires and light the fires, big daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking face the Grace Jameson. He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. Hey, welcome in. Working our way through the week, Thursday afternoon. Glad to have you all with us. Rainy day in the queues. I actually said this out loud today, and um, this is probably a dumb thing to say out loud, considering where we live and uh, what what's in store for us over the next few months. Like, all, all this rain, just this, these dreary days this week, and again, forgive me for the words I'm about to say out of my mouth. <clears throat> it, it would be almost be nicer if it was snowing. I apologize. Let us never speak of this again. Let us never speak of this again. I'm not complaining that it is in the mid-40s outside in Syracuse in December. I'm not complaining about that at all. Let's move on. Let's move on quickly. Anyway, welcome into the show today. Lots to do. Lots to talk about. There's always lots to do and lots to talk about today. Here is the guest lineup. At 2.30 today, John Fanta, he of Fox Sports, covers the Big East, he of the Field of 68 podcast. Uh, the dude knows a lot about college basketball, so does uh, play-by-play of the Big East. You know who plays in the Big East? Not Syracuse, we know that. You know who plays in the Big East? Georgetown. That's where the Orange are playing next, Houston, Georgetown, Saturday, 1 o'clock, ABC, TK99. But John will join us at 2.30. He'll have good insight on the Hoyas. He used to host a podcast with Demetrius Nichols, friend of the show. So um, there's that. Uh, So we like John. We'll have him on at uh, 2.30 at 3.30. Do you like money? Do you like making money on sports betting? Do you stink at betting on football? Well, uh, Tom Casale, friend of the show. Apparently, according to his Twitter... um, did anybody see the news earlier today or last night whenever it came out that Casanova College is shuttering its doors at the end of uh, the spring semester? It's in Casanova. Um, Tom apparently was running book out of a bar near near there in the 90s. So he was uh, he was bored somehow. So I guess we'll have to talk about 90s bookmaking on Friday nights at a bar near Casanova College. Uh, I think the statute of limitations have expired on that if you put it out on Twitter. So we'll hit that. Also, uh, you know, we we booked him for the show uh, before he put out that compelling news uh, earlier today. Uh, He is killing it right now on his college basketball bets. We're about a month into the season. He's up uh, more than 28 betting units, whatever his unit of betting is on college basketball. He puts out all of his uh, picks for free for you. On the Action Network, so pay attention to that because uh, Tom is killing it on college basketball. So we'll he- see what he thinks about Cuse, uh, Georgetown, and uh, you know what? What teams? What teams has he been on top of earlier this season that have been helping about most? Who has he been following them that's given him such an edge early on in the season? And I'm curious about this too for people that do this for a living like Tom does and clearly is doing it well. Does he find it easier early in the season or later? Feels like later in the year, conference games, lines are going to tighten up a little bit. Early in the season, you might be able to find some, you know, strange discrepancies, non-conference games. They 
the books, there's so many games. They don't know how to set the lines early in the year. They can't make lines big enough in, in some games. I, I'm intrigued to see where, if anywhere, if there's a specific area that Tom is specifically killing it in early in the season. And if, is that something that's about to uh, dry up because non-conference play will be concluding here within the month or not? So as opposed to, you know, specific games, because, you know, maybe I'm sure Tom's got some picks for tonight, but it's not like football where you can talk Monday about picks for the weekend. That's just not how lines for basketball work. They're not out there that far in advance. But uh, more how he goes about it, how he looks at it. Is there a team that he's just waiting for their line to pop up and it'll work backwards off it? So we'll uh, we'll see. We'll see. So those are the guests on the show today. And do you have tickets for the game Saturday in the Dome? Syracuse and Georgetown, 1 o'clock. Post-game show right here afterwards. Myself, Eric Devendorf. Do you have tickets for that game? I've got tickets for that game. I've got two. Well, I can't use them. I would like for you to use them. 3 o'clock, trivia for tickets. 3 o'clock, trivia for tickets. Is that like an alert on your phone or something? If you want tickets, I've got tickets. 3 o'clock, trivia for tickets. Cuse, Georgetown, Saturday in the Dome. But with that, we start on not the specifics of this game. Georgetown scraped by Siena last night. Go Saints. I grew up five minutes uh, from Siena. Siena. Siena, just a quick aside, they're one of the great just randomly every, every now and again. Like they, like every five years, Siena just pops up and like, hey, look, we're killing it. And, you know, then they stink again. They've, they've had a lot of coaches. Uh, through there, Fran McCaffrey, Paul Hewitt, to name a couple. The team of the Capital Region, obviously, is Syracuse, but Siena, like Siena, when they're good, they get some, they get some really good crowds. That's some good stuff. Anyway, uh, Siena had a tussle with Georgetown last night. Georgetown pulled it out to even their record at five and five. Like, is Georgetown good? No. Is Georgetown terrible? I think they're slightly better than terrible. They're, they're not as bad as they were last year. That said, the Orange lost to them uh, last year. So this could be a real basketball game. This is a game where the Orange are the better team, I think, but they uh, they better mind their P's and Q's if they want to pull it out over the weekend. But the question today that we ask, and we'd love to hear anybody's thoughts about it, at 315-437-7644-ESPN44. It's not really the question that uh, Paulie and Steve were discussing on Orange Nation, which is, is this a rivalry still? And, you know, I, I think I'd say, yes, it's a rivalry. No, it's not burning with the white hot fury that it was in 1985. Or even when it kind of rebounded, you know, it, during the Big East years, UConn had surpassed Georgetown as the main rival of Syracuse just because Georgetown under Craig Escherich stunk. They were terrible and UConn was great and Syracuse was really good. And man, there were some games and some moments. But then uh, JT3 got in there. JT3 never coached against JG3. What would we do? Too many threes. And they got good again. And they got real players. Jeff Green, Greg Monroe, all those teams. Like, they had players. Roy Hibbert. They made runs. They were, they were really good there for about a decade. And it got to the last year of the Big East in 2013, where Georgetown just pounded the Orange twice in the regular season. C.J. Fair in overtime at the Big East Tournament game kind of put his crotch on the head of Greg Monroe and dunked it home, and that was that until it wasn't. Here we are. 
The games are back, and we've had them now for the last four years for the most part. They've played most every year since the end of the Big East, not every. So the question is this. It's not, is it a rivalry? Because I don't know if that necessarily matters. Yes, it still is. Let's go with that. But let's say, for argument's sake, there is one spot on the schedule for a game to be a home-and-home every year. Let's say there's one. Because just look how the Arns can cock their schedule every year, and this really hasn't changed a ton, and it's even more squeezed now that the ACC is playing 20 conference games. There's 20 conference games, 11 non-conference games. That's what you got. So you got 11 games. Let's pencil in two or three every year for your Thanksgiving week, whatever you want to call it, tournament. This year was the trip down to New York City. Uh, Maui coming up in the future, you know, the Bahamas, whatever it may be. There's two or three games. So you got eight or nine games left. You know, you've got your Cornell and Colgate. Those games are not going away. Whatever you want to think about it, those games are not going away. They're a bus ride from here. Those games are simple. Those games are easy. Those games are there. So now you're down to six or seven games. Well, you got to play four or five games that are just kind of games to get you ready to play basketball. That's what Oakland was the other night. Okay, so that's four or five. Well, now you're down to just a couple of spots left on the schedule. It's amazing how fast it evaporates, is it not? Like that that didn't take long to disappear all your available options for scheduling a game like this. I know right when, a decade ago now, and it is a decade ago now, right when the Orange left the Big East and the Big East as we knew it ceased to be, that people were like, well, let's keep playing these games. And I was one of those people, yeah. Man, okay. Well, you're not playing them anymore, but eh, let's play Nova every year and UConn every year. Like the, the main four you would have picked would have been Nova, UConn, Georgetown, and St. John's because of New York City. Those would have been the four. And the Orange have played all of them at points, but Jim Beheim said it then, and it, it's more true now that the ACC is a 20-game schedule. You literally cannot play them all every year. You're... It, there's too much. Your schedule would become too hard. And especially now, you know, the fine line it is to make the tournament and not as good, as important as strength of schedule is. It is not the end all be all because you do have to win some games. You, you can't make literally every game of your non conference schedule a meat grinder. Like you, you, you wouldn't make it into conference play to be able to be competitive in those 20 games because you'd just be a mess. So let's say you've got one. You've got one spot on the schedule for a game like this. A home-and-home with somebody. Here are your options. Georgetown every year. Somebody else every year. UConn, Nova, Somebody new and exciting. I don't even know who you'd pick. And that's the main thing. Like, if I if I can't come up with one off the top of my head, I don't think we're all going to agree on one. But, all right, let, let's say here are your choices. Georgetown every year, home and home. UConn every year, home and home. Somebody else every year, home and home. Or just, you know, every two years, you, you have a different one. Yeah, you go Georgetown, we go UConn. Maybe you get a series with, I don't know, say, Kentucky, or, you know, just pick a Kansas, a UCLA, whatever. Pick a random, just a random team. I and mean, those those are not random teams, but 
pick somebody even more random. Hey, it's a random home and home with DePaul. That's weird. Yeah, we've got a home and home with Iowa. Like maybe now that the, there's the ACC SEC challenge, I forgot that. That's one of the games that comes out of the math. You're not playing Big Ten teams on the regular anymore. Hey, you can play a home and home with Maryland. You play a home and home with Penn State. I don't know. Pick pick whatever. It doesn't matter. Do you want Georgetown every year? UConn would be the other one. You want UConn every year. The Orange have played UConn a lot. Basically, all of them have been neutral site games. They keep running into each other in tournaments, which is great. That's uh, that's kind of two birds with one stone, right? You're playing in the tournament and get you one of those games. Do you want somebody else every year? Or do you not want the same thing? I'm kind of of the mind... Well, it's twofold. I, like, I'm not... You know, I'm of the age where the height of the UConn rivalry hit the sweet spot for me. Like those early, like when I was in school, like UConn was the team. Georgetown stunk then. Those games with UConn were wars. Epic. Great teams. Both teams, you know, they went back-to-back. The national champions of college basketball by junior and senior years were Syracuse and Connecticut. So, like, that was the game. But I worry, I guess the worry would be, if you don't play Georgetown specifically every year, because I could be wrong on this, and there are ebbs and there are flows and there are ups and there are downs, my best guess is that long-term, the team that is going to be the better basketball team long-term here is going to be UConn instead of Georgetown. My best guess is that Georgetown's best days are past it. And that UConn clearly can still have those moments. You're a state school. It's a different. You're both in the same conference, but you know there's more behind it, money-wise, at Connecticut right now than Georgetown. Like Connecticut has two legit basketball arenas to play in. Georgetown has an NBA arena of which they they sort of are a tenant, and their on-campus arena, like Syracuse, would never play them there. Is basically, it it could tip over at any second. And that's where they practice in the whole thing. They don't have the... Be- there are no bells and there are no whistles at Georgetown anymore. So I, I, I think, like, the only way in my mind to keep this Cuse georgetown thing going is to play it every year. If this is something that happens, like, every years, you're going to run out of nostalgia real fast. There just won't be any modern ties to it. And thinking back to 1986 is going to get to be a really, really, really long time ago sooner than you think. So I think that's the the two, the two choices to have. Georgetown every year, or do you, do you want to sprinkle it around? Georgetown, two games. UConn, two games. St. John's, two games. Villanova, two games. I mean, then it literally, you, you do that a few times. It's those four teams adding a few more things. Like, hey, like home and home with Maryland. That would be a good little series. Like, that's something that makes sense, I think, for all parties. Uh, home and home with a, a team like Illinois. You know, I think that's something that could make sense. Or, hey, scratch Illinois, Indiana. Like, there, there's a game. Like, that's that's tickets. That's box office. Like, that's a thing that could make sense. Like, there's things like that that could make sense that would be great games, but in the grand scheme of things, it would turn Georgetown into a twice every 10 to 15 years game, which I think based on the current trajectory of Georgetown, would eliminate Georgetown from the conscious 
fastness of Orange fans uh, a lot faster than you think. So that's the uh, that's the two things. Like, what do, what do you want? Do you want Georgetown every year, or do you want other stuff? I, I'm not asking if you think Syracuse is a rivalry because I, I or Syracuse Georgetown it is, it still is. Because we, we're still, and I get it, it's 30 to 40 years ago now, but we're, we're still close enough to it. We're still close enough to it. Like, you remember, the next generation has been told. Like, everyone, everyone knows. But uh, let, let's see Let's see what Scooter thinks about it. we got Scooter and Jamesville. On the line, uh, Scooter, a, a happy belated birthday to you, first off, and and, and, and welcome. You. And you kept your streak alive on the birthday picks. Yeah, so 19, yeah, nineteen. That's. Uh, and the, I guess the good thing is I'm still celebrating my birthday. I guess we'll go. Right yeah. I'm on the I, I'm on the back nine, so it's it's always fun to to have the you know, if the if the streak ends, let's hope the streak ends. I'm still living, right? Yeah, let's hope the streak ends on the wrong pick. It nearly did this year. <laughs> yeah. you, you got the birthday extra five minutes, but uh, yeah, I got the extra. They got the extra thing. That's why when when you got your uh, friend or person coming about betting college basketball, the best to ask him about it is the best. In-game uh, strategy is actually for college basketball because there's so many peaks and valleys. Okay, so and that, that, the line just changes. You know, just like the stock exchange, it exchanges so much that you know that that over/under actually went down when it was 15 to 10, and then it went back up when we, you're, you're you're actually more than half at halftime. So it's it's interesting concept, but uh, uh, the, the Saint see for me growing up for me was St. John's. Okay, St. John's put Syracuse on the map. If you go back. February 14th, I think 1973, St. John's came in and ranked ninth in the country, and we beat them. We went to the tournament, and that was that was like our measuring stick. And uh, I went down to the Georgetown uh, Syracuse game. First time I remember was in the Kodak Classic where Georgetown beat us. We had a 15-point lead at halftime, and Georgetown came back and beat us. But yet, I think with, with I think the I think the rivalry was more with John Thompson. Yeah, I mean John Thompson was bigger than life, and of course the, the triple technical in the dome, then and then when you close Manly Fieldhouse, and just the, the back and forth between him and Coach Bayheim. When we set the all-time record for the most attendance the first time on campus was that, and I was at the game was actually St. John's. Okay. And I think and and, and Jay Crowther, of course, of course, missed it, you know under um, underestimated said eighteen thousand is the most seats we're ever going to sell because that's the only sight line seats that are, yeah, they're they're worth it. And of course, we paid thirty five thousand. So, but 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 St. John's put us on the map, and it's a New York team, and we're going to play in the Garden. If you're going to go home and home, and and it's it's something where I think St. John's is, can can I think can always be good with the right coach because all the talent down there, and you're always fighting for the best. Battle of New York, who's the best team? So, I would I would go with St. John's. And uh, if you look up, I think February fourteenth, nineteen seventy three, we made the tournament that year. We made the tournament. I think we beat on Latin in the year after that. We made the tournament. And that's when you only had twenty four teams. It wasn't like it is now. You you had to be very selective. And Syracuse made it three years in a row. And St. John's team seemed to be the one that put us in on the map because they're always ranked in the top twenty. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Scooter. I mean, I, yeah. I say, you know, it's different eras. Well, you said like that's a little before yeah. the Georgetown rivalry started. Would you want to see, Saint, like, you're a St. John's guy. Would you want to see that every year, or would you want to see, like, okay, next year and the year after, a home-and-home at home St. John's, then a home-and-home home with UConn, and then a home-and-home home with Georgetown? 
I, I think, to be honest, it's just like a, it's an interstate rival. We don't have too many of them. I mean, you got you know you got Purdue and Indiana, or Purdue and Notre Dame, and you got UCLA and USC and Arizona, Arizona State. I mean, this is the closest thing we have in college basketball. I mean, Army could be good, I guess. And we used to play Buffalo. Buffalo had a, that little five-year run where they beat us and almost beat us a couple of years ago. But I thought St. John's in, in Syracuse, and I think St. John's has beaten us the last three years, right? They came up the dome, whipped us by 30. Uh, Chris Mullins, I know, I beat us beat us in in Madison Square Garden one year. So I think I'd rather see an interstate and have a reason to go back and forth. Like I said, they'll play in the Madison Square Garden and and you know play up here in the dome. Uh, Georgetown was ironically. I don't know if you remember five years ago, Georgetown wouldn't sell tickets outside that mm-hmm. area. If you tried to get it on Ticketron, you had to have a a mailing address for Washington State because there was actually more SU fans showing up in Georgetown. So how much is it a rival when they're worried that, uh, that there's going to be more fans in, inside the stadium than, than Georgetown fans? Yeah, they were making Syracuse fans become members of the Georgetown Booster yeah. Club to buy tickets to the game. Yeah. All right, Scooter, we're up against it here, but yep, uh, always good okay. to chat. That is a Scooter in uh, Jamesville. We'll take a break now. Uh, Got to get moving here. We do have John Fanta coming up at 2.30. Step aside. More to come after this is QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. Can we review our status here, Cy? Let's look at this thing from a uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't go backwards. Can't go forward. What am I gonna do? Hey, what happened? You have nothing better to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day. All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so far. All right, so what's happened so far? Well, instead of trying to figure out if Georgetown and Syracuse is a rivalry, it is. We, we were trying to figure out if you want to see it every year or if you'd like to mix in other teams. I don't think we solved anything, but it was good conversation uh, regardless. Scooter wants St. John's. We like Georgetown or Connecticut. Should we mix it up or just stick with the Hoyas? All, all are intriguing Options, or you just want to play Indiana every year, Maryland, or something. We did that. We talked to John Fanta, calls many, many Big East games over on Fox and FS1, and covers uh, all of college basketball in the field of his 68 podcast. Uh, he is a Seton Hall grad, so he's got Big East ties, but he's a younger guy who was not would not have been around for the the meat of Cuse Georgetown, and he's still excited about the idea of it. So that was an interesting uh, perspective. Uh, from John. But what we are going to do right now is I have two tickets to the game burning a hole in our Ticketmaster account. No, tickets can no longer burn a hole in your pocket because you just you, you can't hold them anymore. Unless your phone burns a hole in your pocket and then you got a whole different issue. But we got two tickets uh, to the game. I have a trivia question uh, to ask to give away these tickets. 315-437-7644 is the number. 315 315- Four three seven seventy six forty four. Chet, you are first up uh, with our question today for a chance to win two tickets uh, to the game on uh, Saturday. So, uh, Chet, the question is this, and uh, welcome in. 
Syracuse has played the number one team in the country 15 times ever. They're 5-10 and 10 all time. Well, once it was Georgetown and there was a game-winning shot involved for the Orange to win it. Who hit that game-winning shot? Hmm, let's see. Georgetown was number one. Georgetown was number one, Chet. Do we have an answer in the offing? Um, I can't come up with somebody off the top of my head, so I'll give you Eric Sanifer. Eric Sanifer, uh, you're in, you're in the right ballpark, I think, of time, but uh, no, Eric is not uh, the correct answer. But uh, thank you for the call, Chet. Thanks. That is uh, Chet. So uh, you've heard our question now. The Orange have played Georgetown once ever. When the Hoyas were number one, the Orange won that game. There was a game-winning shot involved. Who hit the shot? If you know the answer to that. You'll win two tickets. I, I would have I would have bet money Chet was Googling away there. That was a that was a meaty thought process. Looks like uh, somebody's hopping on the line here shortly. 315-437-7644. Two tickets to the Cuse Georgetown game. It's a giveaway on Saturday. We have who do we have next? We have Jim in Utica on the line. All right, Jim, welcome in a chance for two tickets. Here's our question today. Uh, the Orange have played Georgetown once when the Hoyas were number one in the country. The Orange won that game on a very late, not quite buzzer beater, but a very late game-winning shot. Who hit that shot? Raphael Edison. It was uh, not Raphael Edison, uh, Jim. Thank you, though, for the call and the guess. So Thank you. We are 0 for 2 with Eric Santafer and Raphael Addison. Who hits the game-winning shot late on? Georgetown got a chance in the waning seconds after that and missed. Was not technically a buzzer beater, but close enough. Who hit the game-winning shot when Syracuse, in the Dome, played Georgetown? It needed a shot late to win the basketball game. 315-437-7644 is the number four ESPN 44. Give a call. Still got uh, the two tickets. So we'll uh, wait for somebody else uh, to get in. We can hear a little bit of uh, Jim Beheim sound, I think, from earlier today on Orange Nation while we, uh, while we take our time for somebody to call in with the answer. Who will it be? Who wants tickets? Now the now the phone lines are starting to light up. People are calling in. People want tickets. We're 0 for 2 with Eric Sandifer and Raphael Addison, who are both players that would have, I, you know, give or take, I, I, they at least could have played in this game. I think they're they're in the right neck of the woods. I'm not quite locked in off the top of my dome on the specific years, but it's it's in the realm of possibility they could have. Played in this game. Jim Beheim coached the game. How, how about that? That'll narrow it down for you. Uh, let's go back to the lines. Uh, Jennifer and Clay is with us. Uh, Jennifer, welcome to the show. Uh, if you've heard our question, who hit the game-winning shot in the Dome when Syracuse beat number one Georgetown? Was it Sherman Douglas? It was not a Sherman Douglas, Jennifer, though that is a, a good thought at it. Thank you for the call, Jennifer. All right. Not Sherman Douglas who hit the game-winning shot. Uh, we have Steve in Syracuse now on the line. Steve, Syracuse played number one Georgetown once ever. They won the game. Who hit the game-winning shot for the Arch? Billy Owens. It was not Billy Owens. Thank you, Steve. Okay, thanks. Thanks for the call. Okay, so uh, Sherm Douglas, Billy Owens, Eric Sandifer, Raphael Addison. I, I swear, people, this is not a trick question. Not a trick question. Who hit the game-winning shot? Syracuse, Georgetown... In the dome. Let's go uh, back to the phone lines here. Who do we got here? Looks like we have uh, 
Is this Faye in Fayetteville? Is that who we got here? Faye? Do we, is that who we're talking to? Nope, nope. Looks like we, we lost somebody on the line. Not No more Faye in, in Fayetteville. Um, but who hit the game-winning shot? Cuse and Georgetown in uh, in the Dome. Somebody's on line one. Somebody disappeared from line where, where are our callers going? They're, they're vanishing. They're vanishing before us. Well, again, the phone line is 315-437-7644 ESPN44. Phone lines are ringing. Two tickets to give away. Cuse and Georgetown. Who wants them? Who wants these tickets? Tickets here. We got tickets. I, you know, I, this is twice this week we've had trivia questions uh, for tickets that I really didn't think I was making all that hard. This one probably easier than the last one, but here we go. Uh, back to the phone lines. Paul in Syracuse is with us. Paul, welcome in for two tickets to the Georgetown game. The Orange have beat Georgetown once ever when they were number one in the country. There was a game-winning shot. Who hit it? The tie battle. It was uh, not Tyus Battle. He did hit a game-winning shot against Georgetown. Georgetown was not number one in the country at the time. Thank you, though, for the call, Paul. You're welcome. Okay, so that is Paul. Tyus Battle, there have been many players in Syracuse history that have hit game-winning shots against Georgetown. Only one of them did it when Georgetown was number one in the country. Rob, welcome in. I'm feeling good about Rob here. Did we lose Rob? I'm no longer feeling very good about Rob. I thought we had Rob. We've lost Rob. I've, I, I had a great feeling about Rob. I was feeling really good about Rob, and he vanished. Tyus Battle did hit a game-winning shot against Georgetown. It was the last game in the Dome that had fans at it between Syracuse and Georgetown. They played 2020. Nobody was here. I think I was in the building, technically. But, like, there was no fans here. Okay. Wayne in the truck. Wayne, always good to hear from you. Syracuse, Georgetown, the Hoyas have been number one once when these two teams have played. It was in the Dome. There was a game-winning shot by the Orange. Wayne, who hit the shot? Pearl. Pearl. Wayne, thank you for saying Pearl Washington as as the best answer, the correct answer, and the most obvious answer. He hit the shot. Michael Jackson missed a shot at the other end. That was the end of the game, and the Orange won it. Pearl is going into the Ring of Honor, incidentally, on Saturday for your connection there. Uh, Wayne, two tickets for you. Uh, do hang on the line. Our guys will get your info and uh, get your tickets out to you, okay? Okay. Thanks. Wayne in the truck. You know what? When you don't need to say someone's last name, that's how you know it's the a good answer to the trivia question. It took us that long to get to Pearl Washington. They are honoring Pearl Washington on Saturday, people. Come on now. Come on now. Okay. But congrats to Wayne in the truck. We always like Wayne. It was the 1985 game in the Dome. This was... You know, this was back when a guy like Patrick Ewing had a senior year. Like, Patrick, he, he wouldn't even go to college these days, probably. He'd be the number one pick right out of high school. This was a senior Patrick Ewing team in the Dome. 85, this would have been a sophomore poor Washington team in the Dome. I'll have to look up the box score to see who else was in that game. But, I mean, this game, like, that is a stacked game. I think Syracuse was number 11 in the country, so the Orange were no schlubs. This is Pearl and Patrick. Pearl hit, you know, one of his patented pull-up jumpers around-ish the free-throw line to give the Orange the lead late. You know, they went back the other way. Uh, Michael Jackson for Georgetown uh, missed a, a similar shot from a little bit uh, further away. This is pre-three-point line, so it was maybe about where a three would have been. And uh, the Orange knocked off number one that day in the Dome. So uh, that is how that all went down. 
it, it's a it's a bit of a struggle to give away the tickets this week, is it not? Is it not? But glad to hook up Wayne in the truck with two tickets to the Georgetown game on Saturday again, at one o'clock on ABC. Looking forward to that game. We'll have uh, full coverage here. Pre-game with X at noon. Post-game, me and Devo. Devo's playing some Georgetown games. Oh, boy. We talked about that a little bit uh, post-game the other night. Um, I, I think he had like a... Well, he, he didn't play at Georgetown every year, but he had like a four-year running conversation with the Hoyas. It's a beautiful thing, man. Or with the Hoyas, with their fans. Devo's not one to shy away from that, huh? But uh, we've given away tickets. We have We have succeeded. We have succeeded. Pearl Washington. It took a long time to guess the Pearl. Anyway, always good to give away tickets. We got tickets. We're going to be doing this for basically every game uh, for the rest of the year. Giving away tickets. Possibly with trivia, as long as I can keep coming up with these gems of questions. Anyway, we'll take a break. The uh, 411 into 315. Josh is here today. It's a Thursday. That means we talk to Josh. We'll do that when we come back. And at uh, 3.30, we'll talk to Tom Caselli, the senior editor of the Action Network. He's on a heater in college basketball. We'll talk to Tom then. We'll hit a break. More to come after this here on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across central New York. It's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Terrible things have happened during the commercial break. You take one freaking commercial and the whole world falls apart. It's 320 on a Thursday. Georgetown still sucks. And Tony White is the new defensive coordinator of Nebraska. Oh, God, what do we do now? What do we do now? Josh, can I even play the song for the 411 and the 315? That puts us in a good mood, right? We got to pot down Billy Joel. Oh, what do we do? We got to hit the wrong button. Everything's everything's going to hell right now. Let's try it again. Here's the four one. Oh boy! Hello, and welcome to movie fun. Yeah, welcome to this, Kramer. If you know the name of the movie you'd like to see? Press one. <laughs> we don't oh, even have a very long serious? segment. We got a guest at three thirty. The three one five. And so you're going to be doing that all week, right? Nah. Oh, yeah. It's time for the 411 in the 315. So, Josh, what's going on? Like, I, I assume you probably had, like, topics in here you wanted to discuss and whatnot. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, do we We're going to be discussing none of them. We I don't assume? care about them anymore, do we? I don't think so. Were any of them good? Did you have good ones? Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> indifferent. Man. So Tony White, uh, this is per Pete Thamel. Pete Thamel's good at reporting things. Sources, colon, Nebraska is hiring Syracuse, D.C. Tony White is the school's next defensive coordinator. He runs a 3-3-5 defense and has emerged as one of the top ACC coordinators. Well, all that's factual. Well, that sucks. I think we all knew that this was a possibility. This, uh, You know, I, I said this, Josh, and that you'd like to keep Tony White. He's obviously a guy that, you know, he's been here now three years. He did a great job. Uh, best of what I could tell. Everybody liked him. Good guy. He got a lot. He had a great relationship with the players. We liked the defense. Their injuries. Yada 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 yada. 
my hope was that when he left, it was going to be for a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. You feel you feel slightly better about that. Not that it matters; he's still gone. Obviously, you, you don't leave if you're not getting a significant raise. Nebraska just hired Matt Rule. They're spending a lot of money. They're Nebraska. I get it. They've stunk recently, but they're Nebraska. They've got Big Ten money in the whole thing. I get it. Ooh, this stinks. The one thing I'll push back on is would you have felt better if he went to go be the head coach at, like, I don't know, Coastal Carolina or, like, something random like that as opposed to an actual step up as a defensive coordinator? What I mean, it, let's put it this way. Does it... Is the effect on Syracuse the same? Yes. Would I have felt better about it? Yeah. I think so. I don't really agree with that. Because then he's like, oh, well, he came to Syracuse, he done good, and he went off and got a head coaching job. You know, another guy that did that is, ironically, is now back uh, as an offensive coordinator, Sean Lewis, who went to Kent State, done good, and then Coach Prime said, here's twice your salary, Right. come to Boulder. And I always like Sean and his beard. He's a great guy and the whole thing. Um, Tony White's still going to become a head coach one day, though. Probably. This is well. It depends. One more step, I think he needed to become a head coach. Uh, it 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 depends how well he does trying to right. stop trying to stop Michigan and Ohio State right now. Yeah, because that's what he has to do now. And USC and UCLA. It's a tough job. Yeah. And USC and UCLA. Yeah, God. and Nebraska. That'll be year two for him, I think, uh, when they're there. Uh, congratulations to Tony in all sincerity. But man, we can't have nice things, Josh, can we? No. And now, here's the question. Like, who is going to be Syracuse's next defensive coordinator? I don't have a damn clue. Because I don't, I don't know if on this staff there is a natural successor to him to step up to the role. Like, off the top of my head. Like, nobody really came. With, like, he came with his scheme and taught it mm-hmm. to all the coaches and everybody. So, I don't, I don't know who's... Who's next up? He was even like the second choice of that idea. They had initially were going to go with Zach Arnett, who ended up at Mississippi State out of this Rocky Log three three five thing. So if you want to keep that going, now you've had it going for three years. There's not that many guys out there doing it. So now I I don't know who you go get. Well, also the next question you have to ask, which is going to be a tough question to ask, is that ask away. Who's going to leave and follow him to Nebraska? Um. That's a question. Because you'd expect there'll be at least one guy, if not a few. Mm, we'll see. Maybe. Um, like, if, if that happened, it, you, you can't be shocked by it. No, of course not. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, does Deuce Chestnut feel like going to the middle of Nebraska? Him, probably not. Well, I'm saying, okay, what what guys are going to go to the middle of Nebraska that you're that you're act that you'd actually be like, oh dear, this guy left. Like I, on defense, you don't want to lose a year of Marlo Wax. You don't want to lose Deuce Chestnut. Realistically, you could probably figure the rest out. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think Deuce Chestnut from New Jersey is going to right. Nebraska. Could be wrong. Like, Nebraska could play a road game at Rutgers. That'd be close to home-ish. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Because the thing is, like, you if you want to keep the 3-3-5, three, three, you, you have, I mean, pick somebody from the R. Maybe, who knows? Maybe Dino Babers internally had a successor. I have no idea. Uh, I, I suppose we'll find out sooner than later. Uh, but you lose Tony White, and you lose him from a, a defense that's pretty specialized. Like, if you lost a 4-3 defensive coordinator and said, well, we'd like to keep playing 4-3. Well, there's 80 freaking guys out there you can pick from. You lose a 3-3-5 that played this way, there's like four. Mm-hmm. And one of them, 
left before you had him. The other one was this guy. I don't know who the two other ones are. Like one of them's a retired former head coach. So now there's like one guy somewhere, and you got to hope he wants to come to Syracuse. Ooh. Have you heard Dino Babers is a candidate at Purdue, said one article I read yesterday, Bruce Feldman. That was one on The Athletic. I clicked time. Eh, scrolling along. Candidate. I mean, they write this for literally every job. Bruce Feldman does it. Matt Campbell, candidate for every job in America for the last five years. Yep. Um, and I'm like, is that Dino Babers' picture? Did you know Dino was an assistant at Purdue 30 years ago, Josh? One of his daughters was born there. Her nickname is Bucket for the old Oaken Bucket. I actually didn't know that. Yes, so there you are. Dino told that story publicly this year. He told me that. I, I, I guess I feel less special now. He told me that last year, uh, two days before my daughter was born. Very nice. So take that, people. I knew it first. <laughs> yeah, His daughter knew it much earlier than that. <laughs> his wife knew it even before that. Okay. Well, we hardly knew you, Tony. Godspeed. <laughs> With that, we have to hit a break. We, we have pre-scheduled guests that don't care. Well, maybe they do. Tom Casale's a Syracuse guy. Maybe he cares that Tony White's gone. Uh, Tom Casale, Action Network. He's going to raise your spirits by winning you money in college basketball bets. The Orange need a new defensive coordinator. The day is ruined. Tom next. Tom's a nice guy. We'll talk to Tom. Maybe he'll cheer us up after this. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.